Hello, listeners. Really important announcement that the Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast are about to make. We are on board with a beautiful, beautiful GoFundMe page. And what we're doing is raising awareness for this beautiful little girl named Kirsten, who's four and a half and is suffering from SMA, which is spinal muscular atrophy. We are going to help Kirsten race with her daddy. And in order to do that, we need to raise enough money to get a push chair. So what we have done is we've set up a GoFundMe page and it is Kirsten's Race SMA Push Chair. Let's make this little girl's dreams come true. You can hear more about that uh, whole initiative on episode 48 of our show. Uh, we have Kirsten's dad on, and uh, Wayne is a great guy. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, we just uh, you know, really listen to what he has to say. And, and uh, you know, it really inspired us to do something good for them. And uh, we hope that you can come along and help us out with that as well. Uh, the show is also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Uh, create positive change in your life with online health coaching programs with High Five Health and Fitness. Have us out at your school to promote better health in children. Uh, High Five Health and Fitness is doing that all. Uh, you can find out more information at highfivehealthandfitness.com. Two Fit Crazies in a Microphone is also brought to you by Conti Fitness and Wellness, where you can find online and live workshops, personalized group training, health coaching, children's health and fitness, functional exercise for autoimmunes, arthritis, online yoga programs, facial exercise, rehabilitation, running, dancing, and more. Train with Christine at ContiFitness.net. In addition, you want to feel your best. You want the best in neuroscience that's out there to reduce pain, increase mobility, and just all around feeling good. Try out the latest from Vox Life. That's voxxlife.com backslash Christine Conti and get insoles, the best in socks. And you know what? You're going to feel your best. Please do us a favor and uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, you know, whether you're listening on your phone or, you, you know, going directly through iTunes, you know, if you just go to that our page and, and subscribe, if you're on an app, look us up, find it, subscribe. When the new show comes out, you'll get an update and uh, you can listen to us online. It really goes a long way in helping us spread our message of health, life and longevity. Uh, for all this information and more, go to twofitcrazies.com and click on the podcast sponsor tab at the top of the page. Peace and love. It's Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian is like fist pumping his hands. As yeah! He's, okay, he's really pumped because we just came off a really awesome episode <laughs> I'm 60. Just, I just think that we should attack each day like that. That's true. Right? You get up in the morning. Yeah! Right. Like get up in the morning and be like, You've, you know, like think about how you're going to think about your day. Like, oh man, I got this whole day ahead of me. Or is it like, man, I got this whole day ahead of me. Like, how are you going you know to you know changes Jim, your whole energy? You ever hear what Jim Harbaugh says? What? University of Michigan football coach. What do you say? Attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Oh, that's intense. <laughs> he wears khakis too, daily, on the daily. Oh Buys gosh. them by the stack. He's a unique fella. Oh man. All right, episode fifty nine was pretty was pretty <laughs> Moving awesome on. because we got to get back to this attack thing. But but think about it, episode fifty nine, 
the boys that came in here from AMP, the Autism Movement Project. Keep calling them boys. About, they're men. You talk about attacking days. They're, they're freaking changing lives is Amazing. what they're doing. So that, that's where I was going with that. I was not trying to have a terrible, like, you know, yeah. introduction. I'm going to scream again. But that's real. I mean, they are, they are people who saw need in, in this world to make a positive change and are working with, you know, young adults, adults who have autism or on the spectrum and they are changing their lives. It was cool. It I was mean, really autism cool. movement project. They bring the people in, they bring the athletes in, uh, two times a week and they, you know, and they, and they really do just real deal fitness kind of gym classes for people with, uh, you know, autism or like you said, on the spectrum, mm-hmm. it's, it's just really, and they're cool. super smart. They're super certified. You know, these are psychologists and also have fitness certifications and are infusing. They actually said it was the fusion of fitness and applied behavioral analysis. So all of what they do is research-based interventions and helping socialization. Um, and I, I just think it's a great thing that they're doing and you know, everything's online. We posted links for, um, for amp and that was ampfitnewjersey.com. And I know, you know, they're based out of New Jersey. That's how, you know, we kind of know about them, but this is, this is nationwide. This is, and I had said that, you know, any teachers and, and people out there, whether it's phys ed or not, could benefit from the information and the research they're doing with people. So bam, go check it out. For sure. Yeah. So 60, you want to talk about episode, episode 60? 60 today? We had the pleasure of speaking to Lorna Clydman. Uh, Lorna is NYC a, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, a trainer and she is uh, a master of sport. Legit. Kettlebell world champion, three-time three-time kettlebell world champion. She is uh, the world record holder um, for masters uh, age uh, uh, women mm-hmm. in uh, ten-minute snatch, which is the uh, her um, choice. You know the uh, the exercise of choice or the routine of choice for her when it comes to kettlebells. Um, you know, for people that don't know uh, about kettlebell sport, you know, we know kettlebells from training. We know kettlebells from seeing them in the gym, and we see mostly we see people use them wrong, uh, which is something that we and discussed. she works with them. Yeah, no, no, no. We discussed, but you know, like we, we, you know, you see people pick up a kettlebell and they don't know what they're really doing mm-hmm. with it. You know, that just looks cool. Um, unfortunately, and uh, um, and but there's actually a sport attached with a governing body with a couple of different governing bodies and an international governing body um to the kettlebell sport and uh you know there's, there's certain you know techniques and certain weights are used and and Lorna is at the top of her sport uh you know the top of her, uh, of her class when it comes to um competing and and it's just a fantastic conversation how she got there is just amazing you know you, like we always we jo- i joke during the show that you know you, there's no like peewee league for kettlebell sport yeah you know so how do you get there you know and and her progression is just it's it's enormous you're gonna listen to her tell the story yeah it's, it's and not only the kettlebells she's also the founder of kettle x and spry method which is strength power resistance yoga so She's going to talk about all of her programs that she founded and really that story of how she got there because um, she wasn't someone who was this huge dynamic athlete as when she was younger. And she's going to really talk about the the determination and the grit that it took um, and the years it took for her to overcome some pretty uh, pretty amazing physical limitations. Let me ask you a question real quick. What? 
Didn't it put a smile on your face when she said that she was moving to a different town and the first thing she did was look up the gyms, the trainers, the schedules, you know, everything just to be, I was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. what, that's what I would do. Yep. All right, where am I working out? What's yep. the what's the trail? Where's everyone? Where's the run? You know, what's the course? What, all that stuff. I, I run every major city. Like, yeah. that's how I've had tours in the last couple years. The last three years of traveling, yeah. I'd always bring my running sneakers and I would go like Literally, I've run in Atlanta, yeah. in Dallas, in, I mean, places that you probably shouldn't be running as a woman Some alone, people go however, yeah. you know, but someone like, oh, I'm going to go get a drink. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go run around the city and take a tour for myself. And I mean, that's, that's some, what you do. That's some people what, go on the, uh, the duck boat or the double decker bus. Conti puts the laces them up and hits the true. streets. Although I have done double decker buses in the duck boat in Boston, yeah. but you, you, it's true. I've run around some weird places. It's a good way to get to know the turf. Hey. I'll tell you where everything is after I'm done, you know? That's right. But. We digress. Episode 60, Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast with Lorna Clydman, kettlebell champion, champion of life. It's amazing. She's awesome. Give it a listen. Peace. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm excited. I am too. I love like great guests and we're gonna have great conversations and good story. Oh, I love it. I and love I love it. and I love kettlebells. I know you do. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. No, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. You know what? It's kind of untouched. It, it, people that are into kettlebells are very into kettlebells, and people that like, you know, what that type of training are into it because they understand. The I think trainers are... need to use them more. Oh yeah. I use them and I love them. Yeah. But I infuse them into everything. I don't know why. And we'll have Lorna in a minute. When we introduce her. We'll have her probably talk about this because she's probably a little bit, a little bit more. <laughs> she's got some expertise. She's got some expertise that I think that everyone is going to love. No, nothing but the the best over here at Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone. What did you do? Almost forget the name of our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to call it The Training Room. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Brian. That's where I left my kettlebells. It's on my mind. And by the way, my name's Christine and I'm your, I know. I'm your co-host. Don't, work You're with me. Crazy. Work with me Oh here. my goodness. So we have with us today from... New York City, the only city in the world, because Lorna, I am also from New York, so it's hard not to say that, but um, we have Lorna Clydman with us today. Lorna, how are you? I'm great. How are you both? Amazing. Very good. As always. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear a little bit about your experience and how you got to where you are today, which is pretty freaking amazing, Lorna. Um, so okay. everyone needs to Google you. If you haven't heard about Lorna Clydman, please get on, get on Facebook, get on Google, just Google her because, um, the one thing that I know kind of stands out, um, three times, three time kettlebell world, world championship, world champion. Is that correct? Yes. With, um, an organization called IGFF, 
um, that that was um, yeah a three time winning with them, and then I've competed in many many a plethora of other um, organizations and earned um, master of sport titles, which I can tell you what that means and in the sport and and lots of other fun stuff. So yeah, three time world champion and other titles and rankings and all kinds of craziness in kettlebell sport. And and that's even like the tip of the iceberg because you're you've got your hand in so many other pots. So I think we need to go back. Let's go back and okay. figure out how the Let's heck you got to you got to this. So you know, like brrr, all the way back. Okay, right. You don't play kettlebells as as a kid. You know, there's right. no youth kettlebell soccer yeah. like you know next to the soccer field or the you know peewee peewee kettlebells. Oh jeez, I'm like picturing well, there this. Should be, though. There should there's be. A- actually, there should be, and there there probably are now. There there. Are- um, fortunately, there are some manufacturers who, make, who are making really light bells now, like um, three pounds, five pounds for kids. And actually, it's really beneficial for kids for the agility, for the awareness, for the um, uh, just balance, things like that. So kids who are involved in different sports should actually be playing with kettlebells because it is a playful type of tool. It's not a he- it doesn't have to be a heavy tool. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be used as a heavy tool, but it can be used as a playful tool, and this will help kids. Even kids who are taking dance um, would benefit greatly from kettlebells. But when I was growing up, no. Kettlebells were not in the United States yet, so that's, you know, they, they've come a long way in the past couple decades, especially here in the States. Lorna, I have in my basement, I have a little workout like studio in my house and I call them baby kettlebells. I have like the, the three pound and the five pound for, for people that, you know, are like rehabbing or things like that. But I call them baby kettlebells. Literally they could fit in your pocketbook. They're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I'll tell you, I can lift more than that though. You do with them, but if you, if you do a workout such as like, for example, I'm going backward now, but, but the spine method that I created with it, which is strength, power, resistance, yoga. If you do a yoga flow, with a single five-pound kettlebell, which is what spy is, um, it's a challenging workout. So don't underestimate, you know, a light kettlebell. It depends what you're doing with it. It all depends what you're doing with it. So, um, you know, light kettlebells are are no joke. It just depends on, you know, what you want to do. I would even say five pounds is is a, is sounds like, you know, it's not too much, but it's, it's a lot. Like I've done some, I've done some yoga poses with one pound, just single dumbbell type Mm -hmm. of kettlebell. And it is, it's, you know, it is tough. Absolutely. Anytime you add weight and if you're using it unilaterally, it, it challenges the oppositional muscles. It challenges your balance. It challenges your center of gravity. And then if you're moving the arm and then rotating with a different pose or posture or balance with this unilateral weight, you can just imagine how challenging it is and how it forces you to be present and grounded. Mm-hmm. And that's what spry is about. But anyway, so, so thank tell you me both for having me. First of, of all, I want to just extend a thank you. I'm really honored to be here. And, um, Looking forward to sharing the beauty of kettlebells and especially kettlebell sport, which which is growing, but it's still kind of a niche yeah niche um, sport. So when you so let's take us back. So you grew up in New York City. Is that where you're from originally? I grew up in Yonkers, which is Westchester County. Okay. Just I grew up about thirty minutes north of Manhattan. So upstate. Right. In the suburbs. In the suburbs. But it was close to the city, which I love. And um, 
most people know, who know me know this, that, that I grew up with debilitating asthma, particularly exercise asthma. But I had asthma also from allergies, from stress, anxiety. But um, I really couldn't play too much recess without having to stop and catch my breath. I wasn't able to run. I wasn't able to um, basketball. I was on the basketball team in, in grade school. But, you know, running back and forth on the court, I, I mean, I could do it for like 45 seconds or a minute. And between plays, I, I just have to um, sideline myself and put my hands on my thighs. And the position was always hunched over so that my, I guess, what was happening physiologically was that, you know, I needed to allow my diaphragm to relax and get more breath, but I was always hunched over trying to catch my breath. Um, so that was my experience all through grade school, um, high school. I didn't run, I didn't I didn't do much, but then when I was in my late teens, I started taking some dance classes, which I absolutely loved, because I loved the music, and I loved technique, I loved learning how to do ballet, how to do jazz, um, and what was great about dance classes were that teacher would instruct you so you're 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 paying attention and then you dance and then you pay attention you start, it's a lot of stop start which was fine for me because it didn't exacerbate my breathing problems um and then i didn't join a gym until my late 20s um when i kind of got tired of dancing and i wanted to see what the whole gym scene was about and um this was a turning point for me. And after I had my initial consultation at the gym, I got my membership, and I learned how to use all the machines. And I'm on this, I don't know, maybe it was a deltoid raise machine or something, and I hear all of this, you know, joyous laughter and shouting and all this loud music coming from the studio. And each day I see these women come out of the studio patting themselves with their towels and dripping with sweat and glowing and happy. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what are they doing in there? <laughs> so it was a high-impact aerobics class where you're traversing the, the studio and kicking, and you know, the high impact back in the day in the 80s, which was so prevalent. And I said, oh, my goodness, this looks so much fun, much more fun than using the machines. Let me try it. So I took the class, and I was in the back, and I couldn't, again, my asthma just flared up, and I, I couldn't I couldn't move for more than a minute. I'd have to get my water bottle, pump my inhaler, and just wait till my breath came back around. So I'd have to pause dozens, dozens of times throughout the class, throughout the one-hour class. But I loved the music. I loved the instructor. I was inspired by these women who were in such great shape, such great energy, and they were some of them 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I kept coming back two or three times a week. And it took me over a year in the back of the studio, stopping and starting. It took me over a year before I could actually do the entire class for an hour without pausing. Good but for you that you stuck that out. Cardio endurance. Um, and that was a real turning point for me. And then I started jogging and then I started boxing and taking step classes and getting really becoming like a fitness junkie and with each new endeavor um, it was like um, it was always a new challenge like boxing was really tough for my asthma running was very tough for my asthma but I kept plugging away because I really enjoyed the physical effort um, it was just a matter of stopping starting and I, I did what I could do and so years it really took years for me to 
um, to excel at any kind of at any kind of level where you know I was I was good at anything. I love the fact that you just told that story because this is this is the type of or these are the type of people that you know are out there and, and people show up to a class, Lorna, and they're like, I want to be like her, and I'm like, or they'll say, you know. Christine, how can I do what you do? And I'm like, okay, that's three decades of working out. <laughs> right. Like, wh- right. you you know, yeah. and it's not realizing what goes into the time people and the don't, effort people and don't the stick dedication. It out. They just right. don't, they don't stick it out. And I think that, you know, it, it, that for one, they, they just don't see the results that they want right away. And I, and I do think that they're part of the industry now with like six week transformation yeah. things. Like I think it kind of leads them to do that. Like there's a finish line to it with like for you, there wasn't a finish line. There was just the next yeah. thing. And, uh, you know, that's the lifelong, you know, health, you know, that, that, that we're all looking for, you know, that, that lifelong just longevity and you know the, the just the lifestyle more than anything you know what it's what uh, makes us tick how good did you feel after you finally were able to make it through a class oh it was incredible that in fact i remember the, the, the instructor i remember her that she you know she was like come up to the front one and because you know i was my kicks were better my energy was better i was getting the choreography and it was the first time i ever did the i was you know performing in, in the front with the women who had been following this instructor for years and and you know i was doing the routine in the front for the first time i was like oh my god this is so thrilling and you know it just i just loved moving and that that was even when i was dancing i just loved moving but this was like dancing times you know times a hundred it was just insane high-impact aerobics. I loved it. I just loved it. I couldn't do it so well, you know, because of my handicap. But I loved it. And then I became friendly with some people in the class, and it was like, I don't want to miss the class because then people are going to say, what happened to you? I became addicted. I just, I loved it. I loved the camaraderie. I loved seeing the same people every day. And then I loved the music and the instructor. And then the same thing happened with boxing. It's like it became a whole... Um, a family event, and then I really got into boxing and started to um, to train really hard. And then it was only at that point, and I was already in my early 30s now, which was like seven, eight years later after I started at the gym. And now I really wanted to see what kind of shape I could get into. So jumping rope, running stairs, um, lots of plyometrics and push-ups and lots of hard, this was really hard work. And it was the boxing that then... Um, solidified my work ethic so that was like took me to another level but again these were all classes or programs that were at my local gym it wasn't anything special yet that I was getting into it was just like I wanted to see how far I could I could take myself at that point my profession was a massage I was a massage therapist in Westchester so I had my table in my car and I went to my clients and I did that for 17 years and I had regular clients, some of them I'd see two, three times a week, and boy, I loved my clients, and it was it was a wonderful profession, but I, then I would be at the gym in the afternoon or the evening, and I would go to the gym at that point two hours a day, like six days a week, I was just, I was really, really into it, I never missed the workouts, I was, I was really addicted to it, the endorphins, and, and how my body was changing, and I, I loved it. You're in good company, Lorna. Yeah, because yeah. two hours. Some people, no, some people are like, "Oh my gosh, that's insane!" I'm like, "Ah, oh, two hours. Yeah, that's yeah, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's about right. Yeah. That's about right. 
Lorna, what would you say it was that got you over the hump? Did you, did you, uh, you know, or did you ever get an official diagnosis as to how you were able to kick the asthma? Was it just development of, of your lungs and, and putting the, the, the work in? Was it something more yeah, formal than that? Doc- yeah, it's, uh, the doctors never, the doctors, the doctor I was seeing gave me allergy shots, which didn't really help at the time, and then um, a prescription for an inhaler. But there was really nothing else, and they didn't, they didn't, this doctor didn't give me any advice on how to beat it. I don't think that was even in his mind that it could be overcome. But I just, by virtue of loving the workout, I didn't expect to overcome the asthma. It just, I just kept going to the gym, and lo and behold, it, it, I got stronger, and the asthma slowly, very, very slowly abated. Um, but I was, I was okay with running a mile and stopping for two minutes and running a mile. and thought, you know, that I'd still be doing that today if that's what I had to do. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, I just, I, you know, one, it pisses me off that the doctors don't understand that actually using, you know, I guess it's not the same for everybody. And, and you know, and your drive and your want to, uh, you know, in your particular case was, you know, just possibly what, what set you apart and what cured you uh, ultimately, I mean, to the point where, you know, you're master of sport and, and kettlebells. And, you know, and it's just, uh, but I just think it's a testament to you that you're able to just grind it out. Most people wouldn't give it that time. I think most people, you know, we know they, they stop before they reach right. that prize. You got two choices, right? I mean, we talk about this all the time. Wonder Woman, you got two choices. Do something or do nothing. Always choose something. I don't care if you, you know, it takes you 16 minutes to run a mile. Who cares? You did it. You know, and that's, I think, in especially i mean i think it's in general but you know in our society specifically we want we want immediate results and you know we want immediately to put a you know either a like a a label on something oh well i have asthma and oh i can't do x y and z or and really there's so much gray in there there's so much like well here's what I can do. Stop talking about what you can't. I was on the phone with someone yesterday who was like, you know, Christine, I, I want to do this and this, but here's all my problems. And I go, okay, I'm not even going to listen to your problems. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to tell me what you want to do. And I think I cut this person off like three times. I'm like, you, you tell me what's your goal. What's your goal? Okay. Well then let's take small steps towards your goal. Right. You're already limiting yourself in your own mind before you even start. And what, what I, especially when I was taking the boxing, which was so hard, um, because it's not only aerobic, it's anaerobic. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was ridiculously hard. But the, but every day I'd get up and I'd go to this program that I paid for, um, it was a specialized program, and I just said, let me see what I can do today. And that was a process of, you know, when, when the instructor would say, okay, now we're going to do 15 push-ups right into ball slams, right into stair climb, right into three-minute jump rope, right into hitting pads. And I trained myself. I was very aware of what my mind was saying when she was giving instructions. And in the beginning of the series, my mind was saying, oh, my God, I don't want to do that. Oh, my God, that's going to be hard. Oh, my God, I can't do that. And, and then after a while, I was like, wait a minute, let me see. Stop the inner chatter. Let me find out. And then ultimately it just became, okay, this is what we're going to do. And there was no other reaction. So I, I kind of trained myself to not have a reaction. Reaction distraction. I did a blog on that a while back. Reaction distraction is one of the worst things you can do when you're trying to progress. 
just live in that moment. You know, what's next? Yeah. Do it. You know, what's next? Yeah. And let's let's discover it as we do it, not put a label on it. You know, as we're thinking about doing it, let's discover who we are as we're doing it. And, and that's, that's the journey. That's the beauty. Let's see who we are while we're working hard, because you're going to be a, you're a totally different person, and that's the place where you want to identify yourself. It's awesome. So now take us forward now. So you're, you know, I can't imagine again, I I did not have that experience growing up. I was more of, you know, the athlete that always kind of involved, but I mean, going from having gone through not being able to do certain things or, you know, having to be a little bit different in high school when you want to do something, it's not that you didn't want to, it's you wanted to. And you know, had that limitation. Now you're working so hard overcoming it. And it did not, it wasn't overnight. You're, I mean, you're saying this to our listeners too, that, Mm -hmm. you know, this was years, you know, this is hard work, dedication, something you wanted. And you put one foot in front of the other, you, you know, put one pant leg on at a time and you got up and you did it. And not saying that, you know, we're perfect. We're, I mean, we're all perfect, but not to say that, you know, every day is perfection, but you kept going. And now, how does this, you know, this journey that you were on with, you know, aerobics and boxing and, and getting stronger and breathing better, how does that take you forward now? What was the next thing that happened? Okay, so the next thing that happened was that um, I met my husband, and we, uh, we got married and we moved to Florida because his job brought him to Florida, and we figured, okay, we'll start a new life down there. And I reluctantly... I wasn't really keen on leaving here, but I was like, okay, you know, we can get so much more for our money down in Florida. Yeah, this will be a great adventure. Let's do it. So before I thought about selling my practice and before I um, did anything, the first thing I did was I went online to find fitness classes in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So when I moved down there, I wouldn't miss a beat. Good girl. So I looked up all of the boxing classes, and I made a list, and I looked up all of the aerobics classes and all of this and all of that, running coaches. I looked up everything, so I was prepared. So the day I moved down there, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to miss a beat in my routine because, God forbid, um, back then it wasn't my workouts weren't performance-based. It was all basically, you know, to look good. So it was like, oh, my God, I don't want to gain weight. I want to stay lean. I want to, you know, I can't miss a beat. So that was my priority, was finding the right gyms and the right classes so I could keep up my routine. So I tried all these classes on my list. I found a couple that I liked, but nothing really fit the bill. So I met through a friend, a gentleman who um, who was a trainer down there, and I said to him, I hear you train a lot of professional athletes, and I hear you're a great trainer. I'm not a professional athlete, but... You know, I work out hard, and I'm looking. I can have fun in any great classes. Would you train me? This was pretty much the first time I'd ever worked with a trainer, um, and he said sure. And actually, what we ended up doing was he would train me, and I barter a massage. But he'd get the massage once a week, and I train with him like three or four days a week. So I was paying him a little bit, and then he get the massage. And he's the one who introduced me to kettlebell fitness. Now, this was Adam Cronin, who is the co-creator of Kettlebell Concepts, Mm -hmm. and I trained with him for two years, three days a week, and he said, you know, your conditioning is off the chart, and your work ethic is really good. You need to do something like this, and I thought, okay, well, that's nice. Thank you, and he said, I've just heard about this thing called Kettlebell Sport, and I've heard about this coach, 
who's a Russian coach, and he's in California. And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. And he said, I think you might be good at this. Would you be interested in meeting with the coach? And I said to Adam, if you if you think I would be good at this, then I will go and look into it. So I did. I went to California to meet with the coach, and he said, um, I like, you know, I think you have potential. There's a an international competition coming up in eight months here in California that he was actually hosting. And I said, well, if you think I can do well and if you can coach me in those eight months, um, then I guess I'll do it. So it was just by virtue of two people believing in me and saying, you know, I think you could do well with this. That I said, okay, you know what? What, what else do I have going on? You know, <laughs> yeah. If you lead me, I will do the work. And so um, by that time, my husband moved back to New York, but I was working with this coach in California virtually. Send him videos, he'd correct my technique, he was sending me my workout programs and so forth with the kettlebell. And, um, and then I competed. Uh, this particular organization used the 16 kg, which is the 35 pound bell for women. Um, it, this was back in the day when the women only lifted 35 pounds. Now they lift much heavier, but this was a while ago. This was in 2007, and the women only lifted 20, uh, 35 pounds or less. Wow. And I did really well, and I, I won my age category and came in second in the open category. And that was my first um, gold medal and then my first master sport international class um, ranking. So it was a great experience. I said, huh, okay, well, this is fun, and I like training for a goal. So I continued, and it's been since then that I've been competing. So 2007? Say again? So you said 2007 was that first competition? That was back in 2007. Wow. I want to uh, I want to unpack this a little bit just so uh, maybe listeners can understand how the kettlebell sport works. So are we talking long cycle for your 16 kilogram? I did snatch. You, so you're okay. So it's uh, single hand double, singles, right? Single. Yeah. Single. Yeah. In competition, um, people only do single. Right. With with which is which is the snatch is where you let the bell fall. And then it creates a pendulum. You let the bell go through the legs, and then it comes back up out of the legs. You drive with your legs and hips to catch the bell in fixation with a straight arm overhead, and that's one rep. And you have 10 minutes to fulfill as many reps as you can, changing hands one time. And once you put the bell down, your set is done. So, for example, if... If you go at a very fast pace, you only fulfill eight minutes, let's say, and a competitor, another competitor fulfills 10 minutes, but they went at a slower pace, you might actually beat them. So you don't have to fulfill the 10 minutes, but um, the longer you go, of course, the more reps you can potentially make. So you train to build on your time. God, 10 minutes sounds so long, Lorna. And then the other, <laughs> the other lifts are jerks. Yeah. which is um, women have the option of using one bell, and again, they have they can change sides one time within the 10 minutes. Anytime they want to change, they can change, but only one time. Or women can now use two bells. Men always use two bells. And the jerk is where you bring the, the bells to the rack, and the elbows sit into the trunk 
So you make your chest concave, and then you drive from your legs to bring those bells overhead, and you dip underneath. It's, it's very similar to a barbell jerk, but um, you're actually pushing more from your your hips, and then you get under the you get the bells up straight with straight arms, and that's one rep, and then you bring the bells down to the to the rack, and then the long cycle is jerks with a swing clean in between. So you jerk them up to the straight arms, down to rack, swing clean. That's one rep. It's it's. So I've seen uh, I've seen a few competitions. The gym that I'm working at right now is is a you know it's a kettlebell gym. Uh, first and foremost, they were really the first guys to really bring kettlebells into New Jersey. Besides, you know, the Russians that had uh-huh. that had done it um, prior, and they you know they 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 train. They have you know set hours for their kettlebell sport competitors, and they come in yeah. and they and it's really really fascinating to watch the training. The rhythm, the breath. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a runner. I I train. I, I you know I train. I still run run di- long distances and marathons and He's stuff. He's really good, Lorna. Uh, enough, enough. And uh, yeah, well, that would aid. That would aid that endurance training. Absolutely, would really aid in the sport. Yeah. Yeah, I I I lift a lot of kettlebells to help me with my running, right? So as opposed to some of the people that I train, I train some of the kettlebellers. I had one of a one of a woman in this morning. And, you know, I train her uh, conditioning so that she can have, you know, be better conditioned for her sets. And Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing. Like, if you're just lifting, then you're not doing it right, you know. And if you're just, you know, condi- like for me, if I'm just conditioning or if I'm just running, I'm not doing it right. I, you know, you got to have that mix. But really what I was going to say is that the correlation and the similarities between the types of training, um, you know, the interval training and the progression to the programming and, and really seeing how people train with it, there's just so, it's so much, it's very much the same as running, right? Whether I'm training for 10 minutes on a, on a platform in a long cycle or I'm training for a 5K, like I kind of have to put those pieces to the puzzle together. And to me, it's been fascinating. I see how they go up and down with weights. I see how they go up yeah. and down with, with reps per minute, you know, or reps per, you know, cycle. It, it, pacing, yeah. the breath, I mean, br- br- breathing and running and, and foot strike and just like the rhythm of it all. You know, if you if you go out and you run, you know, your first mile of a 5K too fast, you're sunk. If yeah, you do it, if you, right. you know, and if you do it that's while you, right. if you, right. if you do it when you're on the podium or the, pla- the, the platform, uh, you know, in a kettlebell competition, you're sunk just as well. So I just really get it. And I, I you know, I think uh, eventually I'll probably do some comps, but I'm not quite sure. Oh, you absolutely should get that bug in you. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, they're both cyclical activities, you know, they're both um, cyclical. So it makes a lot of sense that you see all the similarities in pacing and breathing and the, the psychological aspect. That it's, there's, there's so much to it, yeah. Absolutely. That's one part I did leave out. You know, there's there's that psychological, that grind is you know, is immense. I always say about running, we know when we're doing it right when it hurts a lot, right? Like, <laughs> but you're not getting injured. I'm throwing that out there. You're not getting yeah. injured, but no, well, if yeah. you're grinding in heart and lungs and you feel like, you know, the, the bottom might fall out at any time that you're doing it right. You know, you're, 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 um, as long as it's, you know, in the right part of the race, but, and kettlebells, I see it. This, I see that same grind. I see the look, I see everything. And these guys are, are guys and gals are, are really fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's something to be admired, especially, you know, it's not really a spectator sport. When you watch it, it's kind of 
exploring as an outsider. But once you, for someone like you or Christine, who kind of will understand what goes into it or tries to imagine what goes into it, um, it's really, it really is fascinating um, if, if, you, if you pick it apart. And the more, you, the longer you're in the sport, the more it becomes a problem-solving kind of expedition. And uh, it, it's really never ends. But in terms of, you know, talking about running and, and difference between running and the sport is that, of course, kettlebell sport is non-impact. And I have to tell you, as over 10 years of competing at a very high level, and now with a 53-pound, 24-kg bell, I have not once had an injury from this sport. And the reason is, and, and neither have many people, especially with snatch. Um, with jerks, sometimes people get a little bit of knee injury because, you know, you're, you're doing that dip and you have to drive your legs forward, and it's a little bit ballistic. With, it's a little more ballistic. But, again, it's very low injury, and that's because the kettlebell lifts use all of the body's joints and all of the body's muscles. So you're using posterior and anterior chain. You're using um, not too much rotation, especially on the jerk, but there is rotation with the snatch. You're using all three dimensions of your hip complex and your shoulder complex. So nothing is really being left out. So when you're training, um, you're, you're really using symmetrical muscle groups and using all three dimensions of the muscle. So it's actually a good thing for your joints. That's right. There's a very low injury rate to the sport. It's it, yeah, I, and that's why I love it for training other sports because you get that right. you know you just it's so well rounded, and uh, you know I've I've got uh, you know all summer long I took on a, a, a cross country team locally here and boys and girls and I've you know I've got teenage girl cross-country runners who are not strong at all and we've started from the bottom i mean bare bones we did a lot of a lot of things to work their way up but you know we do simple swings and some cleans and some presses and some rows and just real simple uh you you know exercise and movement with them and you know it's i don't want to say bulletproof but they're you know it's just just less injury prone um, you know, for, for skinny little runner kids, cause we use some of those lighter weights, you know, and, and, uh, I mean, they're, they're tough. They're tough just as, they're just as tough as anybody. They're just happen right. to not weigh a whole lot and, uh, you know, and, and be very fast. Um, right. is, uh, is snatch your, still your, uh, your, um, choice when yeah. it comes to comp- competition? It's my choice. Yes. I've done single arm back before, in the years before they let women use two bells. I, I had done, um, 20 kg long cycle with the single bell and made master sport and you know I enjoy it a lot I like long cycle I like jerk but snatch is uh, more of my passion and in order for me to really excel and keep getting better and keep beating my own records um, I want to focus on snatch because that's what it's what it requires and um, you know I'm a little older than most of the women I'm competing with, so I I really don't want to um, sacrifice my time and energy, which is finite, um, to also do other lifts. If I want to get better at snatch, I I really want to focus on snatch because otherwise I'm sacrificing, you know, I'll need more recovery and more training time. It's just, it's going to be a little bit too much. No, it makes sense. I mean, that's your specialty and and, and you focus on that. it it just right. ma- it makes great sense. I got some right. questions, Lorna. 
So our listeners out there who may have not ever lifted a kettlebell or, you know, have swung a kettlebell or anything, what do you, what do you say? What's the biggest piece of advice that you would tell someone? Because most gyms, I would say most gyms or fitness places have kettlebells. Um, and it scares me when I see people pick them up who have no idea what they're doing. And I think, I think most trainers are, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in trouble again. Here we go. I think most trainers don't have experience with kettlebells. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree, and I see, you know, um, well, kettlebell, kettlebell use requires um, a lot of technique. It's like archery. It's like tennis. It's like driving. Um, you, you know, you can give somebody a certificate after a weekend, but it doesn't really mean that they know what they're doing, and it's, it's difficult to teach. So they may know what they're doing for themselves, but... Do they know how to cue a client? Do they know how to um, correct the client's improper movement patterns? Um, do they know when to progress a client or when to regress them based on, you know, what the client is showing you in their own movement patterns? For example, if the client can't do a proper hip hinge, there's no way you're going to have them swing. Right. So these are just, you don't want to throw too much at them at one time. But you can use the kettlebell to do lots of stuff that's not necessarily ballistic, so you can use them for halos, you can start a Turkish get-up, um, even just from the ground to the to the kneeling position without standing up. Um, you can use it for presses and rows and lots of things that create stability before you ever do anything like a, a swing. Um, there's so much to the kettlebell that, that people miss. Uh, that they think is just Turkish get up windmills and swings, and mm-hmm. it's not. There's a, there's a lot, lot more to it. And it's a really fun tool if you're creative with it. So, um, you know, you ha- I was so, so fortunate to find a really excellent instructor. Um, I, I really, I, I'm so, I feel so blessed. Um, so people should, if they really want to learn good kettlebell technique, um, find a find a really well respected instructor, and all you just need two or three sessions, two lessons, and that's it. You start practicing. And is there a is there a certain like certification or anything that you would you would suggest that they that the trainers have that we should be asking well, it for? Depends what, it depends on the style you're looking for. I mean, if you're looking for hard style. And you just want to learn four or five basic moves, which would be Turkish get up and swings and presses and push presses, things like that. Then I guess you could get hard style um, certified, which most of the instructors at the box gyms are certified in. If you want to become certified in sports style, there are other um, schools. There's IKSSA, which um, which I. I'm a member of an instructor for, and I'm also giving a, here's a plug, OKC Kettlebell Sports Certification with my colleague JT Netterville. We both live in the city, and we're doing a certification here in the city on November 10th and 11th. That's on Facebook. It's the OKC Kettlebell Sports Certification Weekend. Um, We're going to go over all of the details for both advanced and basics for, for open level. Um, for snatch, long cycle, and jerk, but there are lots of certifications out there. Um, so go back real fast. The um, our professionals, our fitness professionals that are listening to this um, podcast, 
they would now you would go for the weekend. Obviously, we'll put all this information up and and links to it. But they would go for the weekend for the two of you. And now, is there a practical test or written exam? How does that work? There's a practical. Okay. There's a practical exam, and it's not super hard because again, this is highly technical, and mm-hmm. you need practice with with the kettlebell, whether it's sport or hard style. You need practice. But there's a there's a um, just a, a basic preliminary practical on Sunday at the end of the course, and then you get your certificate. And then at some point we'll be doing a level two, but this is level one, so it's basic. Okay. All right. Perfect. I mean, that's great for people that are, you know, that are out there, especially, uh, you know, trainers. I mean, this is great continuing education. It's such a great tool to have in your toolbox. I can't... Yeah. I was lucky enough to work with, you know, strength and conditioning coaches growing up that used kettlebells. So for me... You know, I guess I kind of lucked out because I had some good, you know, role models or or people that knew what they were doing. So um, I just don't I like I agree. I feel like it's few and far between sometimes because you can't just, you know, hand someone a trainer who got their training certificate online a kettlebell and be like, here you go. Have at it with your participant. Yeah, I actually considered doing that for a while. It's just it's there's so many different levels of understanding. Somebody can be a personal trainer, but again, this is, you know, it's not easy to teach kettlebell fitness or to teach kettlebell sport. Um, you may be able to do it doesn't mean you can teach it. It's, they're two different things. So it's, it's not, it's, no. Doing it online is not a viable it's, option. It's the truth. And, and f- you know, for me, I know that it, it all c- came from doing it over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and learning That's from right. these guys and, you know, having, you know, be nitpicked uh, somewhat and, you know, to the point where now I can instruct classes where we do, you know, we do bells, uh, we do, you know, just certain things, basic stuff, uh, like, you know, like you said. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, you have to have somebody, it's not a weekend. I I mean, it's not something that you're really going to grasp and implement really well, right away away, for sure. The momentum alone, I always think kettlebells, it's that momentum. If you're doing it wrong, you're not going to be able to lift that amount of weight over your head without that technique. And, and he, and, and even like, even as much as I've known and as much as I've done, uh, you know, like I would sit with Lorna and, 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 or, or someone like Lorna and, and, you know, a master of, of it and learn something small, maybe big, but something that would change the whole game, just like technique, just how you grip it, just right. how you handle, just exactly. how it lays in your arm. Um, I love them. I, I mean, I really do. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's challenging. It's fun. It keeps you present. Um, you burn a lot of calories, get your butt lifted, and it's not polite. That's too. That too. Lorna, before we, um, I want to make sure that we get this in, but now you also are, is it the creator of the Spry Method? Yes. I'm the founder and co-creator. Okay. Mary Horn. Mary Horn is a 700-hour yoga, um, registered yoga instructor. And I have to say, I I love yoga, and I take yoga every once in a while. And a couple years ago, I was in a pose in the yoga class, and I thought, what would it be like to have a light kettlebell in this overhead ham? Mm-hmm. And then what would it be like to pass this weight, you know, as I'm coming into a lunge or coming into a warrior two and coming into a balance? So I let this idea marinate. I was thinking of different poses, but I'm not a certified yoga instructor. I, I don't know how to put the, the sequences together in an intelligent way. So lo and behold, I met Mary, and we 
got together and, and she said, oh, yeah, okay, so you would move it like this, and like this, like this. And she's such a great choreographer. And it was just like I found the perfect creative partner. So we created Spry, which is Strength, Power, Resistance, Yoga. And we do, this one, we do have an online course. And it's open to yoga instructors or fitness instructors. It's all videos and written content, photos. And then you submit a practical video of your own teaching the workout. And you you pass the course. Um, it's CEC approved. And um, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. It's flymethod.com. It's amazing. I'm a 20-year really yogi. It's a unique um, blend of holding the kettlebell with, you know, it's anchoring and amplifying your yoga practice. And we don't do any swings. It's not a kettlebell workout. It's yoga with a light resistance. And it's, it's really a magnificent workout. I'm really proud of it. Now, are you, are you teaching any classes? What, do you, what are you up to? That's my... So curious nature. What I do is one-on-one training. So I see my clients either in their building gym here in the city, and if they don't live in the city and want to meet with me, they can meet with me at a number of gyms in the city that um, do one-on-one training. One of them is Hype Gym down in Union Square, so that's 16th and Broadway. And the other gym is on the Upper East Side, which is called Velocity Sports Performance. And it's all one-on-one training. So we go I'll meet you there, and we have a session, and whether you want to do kettlebell, you could, you know, some people want to just do kettlebell sport technique, and then we're going to do that for the whole hour, and I'll include mobility and conditioning, and if they just want to hone their, the snatch, or they want to hone the long cycle, whatever their goal is, maybe they just want to lose weight, maybe they never want to touch a kettlebell, fine, I, that's, I'm not going to put a kettlebell in your hands, we'll do whatever it is that you want to do, barbell work, band work, sled, um, agility, whatever it is that you want. That's amazing. So, so I do all one-on-one training. And then if some people contact me um, via video if they want some help or uh, um, constructive criticism with their uh, technique for competition, I do that too. That's become very popular, right? The, the, the yeah, video analysis yeah. and things. But, Virtual training. Yeah, absolutely. no, it's, Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, we've got this technology. It, it really makes sense. So I have, I have except, a question. Except, except you are forgiven you've done enough for us Thank today you. this skype thing we don't worry about that i my question is so what's what's uh 10 minutes of snatches 24 kilogram bell you said yeah how many I'm, re- I'm competing next week how- i'm going to latvia on monday latvia I'm going on latvia to, to um to one of uh Two international world championships. There are two each year. I'm going to one of them. So this one is in Latvia. My best so far in competition with the 24 kg is 132 reps. <laughs> That's um, insane. Veterans world record. So over 40, which I'm, I'm 53, but for anyone over 40, it's a world record for women. Um, so my goal is always to beat my own record. Now, at this next competition, there are going to be a few young ladies, and I mean young, 20s, 30s, who are um, very good. So I'm hoping I'll get silver or bronze with the 24 kg, and then the next day, um, but again, my goal would be to beat my own record, which I would be very happy to do. 
which means a new world record for veterans. Anytime I beat my own record, it can be a new world record because, you know, I'm, I'm leading the pack for the, for the female veterans, which is really, I'm really proud of that. And then the next day uh, in Latvia, I'll be lifting the 12 kg, which is the light bell, in the veterans category. So if the 24 kg will be the open category, and then the 12 kg will be the veterans category. And that one I feel pretty confident with. So um, we'll see what happens. But I'm all packed, and I'm finishing up my last couple workouts. And yeah. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? You ready to rumble? Hmm? How are you feeling? Are you ready to rumble? Oh, I feel, I feel ready. I, I feel very, very good. That's very a, excited. That's yeah. a good so feeling. Get it, Lorna. Just, Get it. Just so people can understand. I mean, the kilograms, we don't always work with that. You know, it, it's it's 52 pounds, 53 pounds? Right. So the, the open division, the heavyweight is the 53. And then the veterans division is the lightweight, which is 26 pounds. 26. That's, that's typically the weight that most women would start with, whether they're doing long cycle or um, jerks. And so that means lightweight, um, you're going to go pretty fast. You know, you're going to go really fast, but you still have to fix, you have to stop the bell and stop your body for a split second in that fixation in order to get the, for the judge to give you the count. So you can't just throw it up, you know, willy-nilly. You really have to, you have to be very crisp in your technique. Um, so it, it's, it's a fast pace if you want to, if you want to get those numbers up, yeah. I, I love it. With the lightweight. So, I can't. You know, it's all about, like you said, it's all about the pacing. Of course, the pace is much different with the lighter weights for me, with the heavier weights for me because it's, is it's, that, it's heavy. Is that difficult? I mean, the way I see it, that's almost like running races of two different distances. You know, you have to be uh, conditioned for one and not the other. I mean, is that uh, pacing-wise, does that take uh, much transition for you? Can you just kind of roll right into it? No, it's not, it's not too difficult now. I've been practicing with both. It's not too tough. Okay. No. Yeah, the twenty, the lighter bell is not physically arduous. It's just like doing a quick little sprint. It's not. It's, it's cardio, but it's not physically arduous. Okay. Whereas the, the heavier weight is more um, mentally and a, a, a little bit physically. It, it's a little harder. It's just a little harder. Yeah. It would be plenty physically arduous for me if I was trying to do it. It's all relative, Lorna. Yeah. You're a monster. I'm intrigued, <laughs> and I'm highly impressed. For real. 132 I, reps. I want to. Where's the video? I gotta. I have to like. Where well, I gotta YouTube what, this, Lorna. Should be on, yeah. Um, I gotta watch. I'll check it. it should be on YouTube. Otherwise, okay. I'll send it to you. It, it should be there. What we'll do is we'll. We're putting we'll, it up on our yeah. We'll Facebook attach page. the link just and and even just to see so people can see you know the move is, the method the snatch yeah. and the and the method and like you said that pause at the top you know God forbid yeah. in ten minutes it, with 132 reps you get you know you get a no count they like they you know that'll yeah, you, don't get a you know well, yeah I'm going at a slow enough pace that I wouldn't I wouldn't get a no okay count. all right with that weight yeah do you know I have an unnatural fear of dropping the kettlebell on my head. You got to practice, Conti. No, like if you get like sweaty hands or something. Sweaty hands happen. Uh, I've seen drops, right? You're using chalk. It, 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 it happened, it's happened to a few people, but I mean, I can't even remember who they are. It's not, it's, it's really rare. Because you know what? Even though the weight's overhead, the, the ball of the weight is, is on the outside of the wrist. So if it falls, it typically falls either behind you or to the side of you. Typically. No, we're good. 
It's so awesome. I mean, just the whole. It's amazing. The it whole is. package, Lorna. I mean, you've overcome everything. The childhood, asthma, you know, the. The story, the story. The, 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 it is. It's got it all. It's got it all. We love you, Lorna. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. This is great. It's so really great to share it with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm going to send you a video. I don't think I even uploaded that last uh, 132 to YouTube, but I'm going to send you one where I did 131, and that was back in May. So I'll send you that video. All right, and we're going to post that video because mm-hmm. okay, I think it's going to be fascinating because a lot of our listeners, I, I think, have not tried kettlebells, and they, they just... And they are either they're afraid of them or they don't know how to use them. And I or, think it's fascinating to just see another, yet another tool for our fitness toolbox. Or people just use it as a f- tool of fitness and don't understand that it's there's an actual sport mm-hmm. attached to it, which I, right. for the longest time, yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah, the sport is growing. Um, it, it's still, like I said, it's still very niche underground, but hopefully, it's, you know what's great about it is that, like I said before, you're standing in one place. So let's say it's a woman or a man who've been running or they used to play squash or tennis and they can't do that anymore because of whatever. It's just too hard in their joints. But you can stand in one place on a platform and push down and, and move that weight, whether it's a snatch or a jerk. All it takes is a little bit of hip strength and some shoulder stability. You can do it. In this sport, there are people who are in their 80s and they're still lifting the bells. And it's it's for lifelong. If you want to do it, you can do it. And it's a great community too. That kettlebell sport community oh, is vi- is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, you it's, you might be up on the on the platform and and doing and and doing it, and your your biggest competitor will be there cheering for you. It's like that. It's it's. it's you're it's, so right. You're so right. It's it's really beautiful. That's, that's it. I, I want to hear so. Lorna, tell all of our listeners, tell everyone, where can we find you? Where can we find all of your information? Um, sure. Go for it. Um, you can contact me directly at lornafitness at gmail.com. And then um, spry is spry method, S-P-R-Y method dot com. And then I'm on Instagram as Lorna Clydeman and Facebook as Lorna Clydeman. And then also spy method on Facebook and on Instagram. Awesome. We are going to take all of your info and your video, by the way, and we will put that up on our show notes and we'll get that on all of our, you know, podcast information and we'll send you links as well to share with your friends and community and everywhere. And I think this was great. I, every time, Lorna, I have to say that um, it's fascinating that there is so much out there in in regards to fitness that people just don't even know about. And I yeah, love, yeah. love to hear, be, right? you know, we love to hear from people like you who can bring just a new understanding or just something that someone may have never tried that may change their right. life. You never That's know. Right. And I would have never tried it if I hadn't met this gentleman who said, hey, you know, have you ever tried kettlebells? And I was open to trying it just because, you know, he's my new trainer and I'm going to mm-hmm. listen to what he says. It's just was luck for me. But um, now it's spreading. Yeah, try new things. It's so much fun. See what you're made of. I love it. Well, Lorna, it has been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you today and partying on our uh, podcast. We're super excited. You are podcast 60. 60, the big yeah. six zero. Yeah. So it's Thank pretty. Thank you both very much. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to sharing the podcast with everyone. 
Absolutely. And we'll have to, uh, we wish you the best of luck at, um, thank you. In at Latvia. Your next in competition. Latvia, Latvia, of all places. Yeah, well, you'll see the results on uh, social media. So, so, uh, cheer me on and, uh, you'll see. You bet. Hopefully there'll be tears of joy. Excellent. We'll have to uh, we'll follow we'll have to follow up with you we'll, in the future. We'll see let where the you're listeners at. we'll let the listeners know for sure how you did. Okay. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lorna. So with that said, everyone, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.